This is Jonathan from TheOneRing.com, and I wanted to let you know that this is not an episode of The Silmarillion, and we are sorry. We just haven't found the time to get the three of us together uh, across the three different time zones to record uh, a new chapter of The Silmarillion and also to our, do our reviews of The Rings of Power. So here is our long review, our in-depth look at episode six of The Rings of Power, Udun. And we go into some deep questions like, should Galadriel be lecturing us on humility? Or do the orcs and villagers actually have a strategy, a strategy that might be better than the three amigos might have had? Or should Erendir give you psychological advice? All these deep questions. So I hope you listen, and we hope to publish an episode of The Silmarillion real soon. As soon as this Rings of Power is over, we promise we will get back to it in full swing. So thanks for being with us. And we hope you enjoy this. Hey, everybody. Thanks for, for joining us as we get into episode six of the Rings of Power, Udun. And uh, as I mentioned in my, my, uh, my Insta review, I think Udun is that space essentially in front of Ordruin and behind the Black Gate. That's kind of the spot it's the staging grounds for sauron and his armies uh, that is correct and yeah. anyone that's that plays lord of the rings online knows that it's a major uh, questing area following the fall oh. the fall of the black gate <laughs> well that's good good to know <laughs> hey look it's it's equally as interesting as many of the plot points in this no it's far more interesting I'd, I'd rather hear about your quests on uh, lord of the rings online than i would about the rings of power at this point however speaking of questing uh, the Numenorians are on a quest in this episode, and we get essentially one full episode of one storyline, which, uh, for the complete lack of a better term, is a breath of fresh air, Because, but fresh air being like less fetid than before. That's really all that. Right. Um, but yeah, so before we jump into that, um, I just want to remind everybody to like and subscribe, hit the buttons below, blah, blah, blah. I, you know, everybody says it, so I'd just appreciate it. It's nice to get more folks uh, commenting and, and uh hearing our thoughts and views. And especially when you do get that, you also get um, our podcast, The Window on the West, where we're walking through the Silmarillion right now. We're reading through it. It's a little bit slower right now because of the Rings of Power, but we're enjoying it. And it's nice to get into what Tolkien actually wrote. Not everything that's completely made up in these stories. <laughs> Not whatever this is. Not whatever this <laughs> yeah. is. Right. So windowonthewest.com, you can get there. You can have links to uh, uh, you know subscribe there, or you can find it in any podcast app and anywhere anywhere online. Uh, and then if you really want to get involved, uh, we have a patron platform at thewondering.com slash patron, where you can get Discord access to our private servers, where you can get message board access and uh, our soon-to-come extended edition of the podcast. Uh, that's $4 a month. First month is free. So hope to see you there. We're getting some nice chats. We're going to go over some of the things that some of the folks were talking about today uh, for this episode last night. All right. So let's, uh, well, let's just go to the beginning. Again, we get an episode that's an hour and 10 minutes long. Uh, yep. which is not surprising anymore. They have such long scenes that we will review here. Um, but yeah, we can start at the very beginning where uh, it's Adar giving the rah-rah speech to his troops. So what I took away from this was that, I mean, he gives a speech to the orcs where he talks about casting off shackles and they're not going to, he, he says, quote, not as unnamed slaves in faraway lands, but as brothers. And then he said, as yeah. brothers and sisters, because, you know, He's 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 fully intersectional in his uh, in, in his orc leadership. Uh, 
but so he's he's kind of talking to them like they're slaves. I mean, it almost felt like a bad ripoff of an Amistad speech or something. Yeah, it, right. And and I guess it, if if I had to say, they're referring to being slaves of Morgoth back in the day. I guess because that's the only time that we know they were slaves. Nobody else held them enslaved ever anywhere else in the histories of middle. Of course, I mean they're making stuff up. Like who knows? Maybe the the Harfoots at some point had some minor orcs that were enslaved. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it would be appropriate to the yeah. Harfoots. So. <laughs> they, the, no, 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 no. The orcs are the Harfoots that they left behind. They're the ones you know, that eventually were captured. Yeah, okay. My favorite part is that if you go to the X-ray version on Amazon yeah. during this speech, he talks about brotherhood and immediately the X-ray version, because I, I heard that I'm like, brotherhood? Like, we're going to be brothers and sisters? I mean, apparently someone has said they found a, at least one female orc in this episode. I wasn't looking so because I don't care. But but they they um, immediately, as soon as he mentions brotherhood, I'm I'm thinking in my head, this does not sound like orcs. Orcs do not form brotherhoods. I mean, I they might form tribes, but they even tear each other well, apart within within their tribes. They're just so, making them into a family, right? He's the father. They're all right. brothers. They're his children. Right. We're supposed to think that orcs are feel sorry for orcs a little bit. But what was made me laugh was immediately the X-ray version on the X-ray notes on the left hand side of the screen pops up and it says. Notions, this is directly from Amazon. Notions like brotherhood are unusual among orcs, who, when left to their own devices, often hate even their own kind. Uh, no, oh, yes, man. Sherlock. <laughs> <laughs> like Amazon itself is throwing there, shade there, there, on its own dialogue. That's so great. <laughs> it's hilarious. Oh, man. But mm. these are special orcs with a, with right. a nice daddy. Well, they're, just, they're, they're just looking for a home, man. I mean, come yeah, on. Right. Yeah. They, you know, they could, they could, they could head to Los Angeles, and there are plenty of tents available to them <laughs> under these freeway yeah. overpasses. Might drive some people well. out. Yeah. So anyway, so they go, they go through this scene, uh, and they end up marching up. The seventy-five orcs are having. So this is what it looked like to me. Not very many, but they march up to the empty tower. All right. So I just want to show you guys this scene because it highlights something that's going to be sort of endemic throughout this episode which is lack of realism so we, we do have a single story just which, this episode no, okay. <laughs> but specifically <laughs> i mean i mean everything has been leading up to this episode right we, we've got yeah. all these storylines they all merge we've had five previous episodes and almost all of them sorry we don't have two of them aren't merged yet which is the elrond dwarf storyline and the, and the dirty little sociopath storyline but besides those everything else is merging this storyline, and it culminates in a battle like this is sort of epic writing 101 you know you know culminate in a battle and then and you, but the way they do it throughout this episode is plagued from start to finish with simply terrible um writing and and so 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 here we go right in the board your your, your orc army about to siege a tower you're expecting there to be resistance so what do you do you clearly walk up <laughs> you don't send scouts you don't check it out you just walk up with your with your commander in the in the front so let's let's watch this let's watch this beauty they are. They're walking up. They're just walking. They're not just looking walking. up. Like, look, like Adar in front. He's just like walking up to the front door. Don't hey, look up. He's showing. He's he's going to take the hit for them. He's at the phalanx. Yep. Yep. Well, but he's not even attacking it. He's just like like I walk home when I'm the door's open. open. The door, honey. If there had been one guy there, he would have taken Adar's head off. Uh, it, it, it just played. And I I thought for sure everybody was going to be hiding in here, and then they'd all pop out. But only it turns out only one person was hiding. All that was Aaron Deer. Only one, because all you need is one, because we know that the strength of the elves 
comes from uh, the light of the Silmarils, and the strength of the tower comes from that one piece of rope holding up the entire thing. Mm. The entire tower is is I held wonder, up. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm wondering what they're all worried about. They're worried about this orc army coming to get them. That seems like a very defendable position. If they all they all have to come across that one narrow bridge. Yep. Like you just you just hit them there, right? <laughs> no, but you don't understand, Dan. This they gave up this tower so that they could kill some of the orcs, and then they could defend the least defensible village in the history <laughs> of Middle Earth. Yeah, yeah, right. So, so yeah, but, so let's show the tower going down because so uh, Rube Goldberg was the builder of this tower, apparently. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So there you go. It's all held together by one rope. Yep. Yeah. Okay, and let's let's watch it. Here it comes one rope. Everything's coming apart. I love that. Like I, I, this would make me really concerned about the forge that they're building in uh, <laughs> Region, right? Because if you don't have a strong enough rope, clearly that tower is going to come down. There it is. Uh, there it goes. Impressive. Yeah. So what's amazing? What is amazing about this whole tower scene is that clearly the villagers had a way to get out from day one. They didn't ever have to worry about food because it was easy enough to, in the middle of the night, somehow make it down the vale, the valley, scale down the cliffs. I don't know how they got there, but they got down to the bottom of the, uh, of where this reservoir is uh, and look up and I'll start cheering because they got the orcs. I, I don't know how they got there. It's the magic of Insta travel and there it is in, <laughs> And they're not really hiding. They're like lit lanterns, lit torches. It's like, how, how do the orcs march up to the tower and not look down to the left and go, hey, I and there's only over there. Yeah, there's only one way in. It's not like they, they took the back door. right? Yeah. They were, that's what the whole... Anyway, so like you said, Michael, this it's rife with issues. And uh, that's only... Yeah, just, it, you know, we, we can be caught... We can, you can call it nitpicking if you want. But they're... When it's so obvious, I mean, I really wanted from the beginning of this show, I really wanted it to be to immerse me in Middle Earth, even if it's telling a different story, even if it isn't up to Tolkien's yeah. snuff. I just wanted it to immerse me, to be immersive, and and it just doesn't. It fails and fails and fails and fails in that. But anyway, so we're about to get a whole episode of of a battle, and so that start it starts with that, and they kill a whole bunch of orcs, and then it's made clear that they have the day so the day magically comes and so the orcs aren't going to attack during the day apparently the remnants whoever the remnants are and of course nobody is fooled by this that we all know adar has survived because that's he's he's a right. big bad guy so of course he's going to survive so um then they prepare we have a preparation scene where they prepare oh no we go back no, to Numenor. no we go back right. to Numenor where he's Numenor. feeding the five horses that turns into about 175 right. later in the episode uh, what I love about this horses. scene, I mean, first of all, Dan, I think um, there are germ oh, yeah. issues, which you brought up at one point. Clearly, Isildur and the Numenorians do not have, have not discovered germ theory yet. Uh, <laughs> where you take a bite and you give the horse something to yeah. bite, and then you bite right where the horse bit, uh, that's a little much for me. I was <laughs> This whole episode kind of grossed me out. There's different things like that that were really gross and mm. like scoopy. Yeah, the blood the, into yeah, the mouth I think and the eating eyes. after a horse is one of us. Yeah. That's that's too much saliva exchange for me. <laughs> yeah. So I may, but maybe the germ theory he had it it gave him enough guts to go up and talk to Galadriel where she tells him I think the best quote of the entire episode where she she schools oh, him on best. humility. Yes. <laughs> we yes. Got, we got we got to cue this up and find she's, it. She's the expert. All right, so she's about to say don't be 
Um, and yeah. then she gives the line, humility has saved entire kingdoms that the proud have all but led to ruin. Yeah. She's so like, the line, so wait, read that again, Mike. What was that line that she says? The line is explicitly, humility has saved entire kingdoms that the proud have all but led to ruin. So here is, we go. Let's wait, wait, but before we do, let's think of an example. What, what humility? <laughs> because it's it's a truism that has to have be based in some sort of historical fact, right? So what Michael, what humility has saved an entire kingdom uh in Middle Earth, right? We have to limit it right, to that. Right. Gondolin? Um, no, no. Doriath? Moria? No. No. Um, Angband? Thangorodrim? Nope. Thangorod- Thangorodrim. Uh, what else? Uh, Linden? Uh, the Grey Havens? Nope. No. Uh, yeah. Hobbiton? <laughs> no. Has, hasn't fact. happened yet. All right. Well, so let's hear her say it because I get, yeah. Oh, it's so bad. Yeah, I mean, you're pointing out a great point. I mean, make a great point, which is, uh, look, you know, it has to be true, first of all. It can't just sound pithy. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it isn't. She doesn't have any examples. And the second of, second thing is she's clearly just lecturing him about being humble. It's okay yeah. to be humble. From Galadriel. Galadriel <laughs> is lecturing him on humility. This is this is beyond rich. I, I I don't know if I think that there might be one writer who's just a troll and puts in like certain <laughs> lines just yeah. to mess with us because we he knows how ridiculous it is. So maybe there's a, I'm gonna have it. This will be my disgruntled writer theory. There's one disgruntled Amazon writer that that make, puts jokes in for us. So anyway, here we go. <laughs> Despise not the labor which humbles the heart. Humility has saved entire kingdoms that the proud of all but led to ruin. Mm. Humility has saved entire kingdoms that the proud of all but led to ruin. Let's ruminate on that. (laughs) You know what it is? It's sort of like they must have had a um, it's 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 like a director who goes in and and creates shots for a film before they have a plot. They've created all these lines for a for a script before they have a plot. Right. So they have to feel like they have to put in these these sayings or these things that they that these writers wrote in college that they're like, I this was great back then. We got to fit this in that's somehow. Right. This that's about that's how, right. the, the strength of their writing. It doesn't it it never follows any any of these lines. And it does. Mm-hmm. And look, I don't envy their job, right? Because if you were an Amazon writer, you were fo- you're following one of the greatest prose fiction writers in the yeah. history 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 of our civilization. Um and so when you dig into Tolkien's prose, it's really hard to follow that. But this, like you said, Jonathan, is simply, you know, a, a community college attempt it is. at it. Yeah, it is. And, yeah. and that's what's Although, so sad. I went to community college and I can do better than this. <laughs> for a couple I, don't, of I, don't, I don't think it's a bad line, but it's just how they try to shoehorn well, it into her yeah. character saying it and how they haven't set it up at all and how... Right. She's not humble. Well, exactly. And, you know, it's it's just it's Every, not everything a bad about it. No, 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 no. I mean, it's it's a it's a it's an untruth, right? What she's saying is like there's right. no reason for us to believe this because they haven't proven it to be true anywhere else in the story. So yeah, it sounds fine, but if they can if they can't show us that this is actually a truism, right? By what's happened so far, or who this character is, that she has won people over, she has she swayed Numenor because of her humility. That never happened. So <laughs> that would, if she would have done that, right. then I would believe it. But yeah, you're right. You're right. It's, it's like constructively, it's not bad, but 
but uh, when you deconstruct what it means and how right. where it's coming from, it's it's yeah. well, it's almost like the writers all got together and they're like, okay, let's brainstorm some ideas. What's Tolkien? Uh, humility, uh, good triumphing over evil. And they have all these like all these big themes up on the whiteboard, and then they go like, okay, write a quote for that one, write a quote for that one, and then we'll cram this one into episode six. We'll put this one in episode four. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I have no doubt that there's something like that has occurred. And, and what, so what you're right about is that obviously humility is a, is a powerful theme in Tolkien. And obviously what she's trying to say here is humility is no bad thing. And so yeah. don't, don't, don't be worried about doing humble work. So that what she's trying to get at is a true statement. The statement she actually makes to try to get at that is what Jonathan and I are pointing out is, yeah. is actually untrue. Humility doesn't save entire kingdoms of the proud of nearly red, or at least doesn't in Middle Earth. We have no examples of it. That's we true. have we have yeah. examples of her interacting twice with kingdoms, one with the kingdom of Lindon and one with the kingdom of Numenor, and she's the opposite of that. Yeah. So again, my disgruntled writer theory. My theory is they're, they're thinking like they're like here's here, they, they were they. I'll go with Dan's Dan's uh, uh, theory here too. You know, we have to put in this line about humility. Who should say this line? And the one disgruntled, <laughs> disgruntled writer was like, Galadriel, it would be such a girl power moment. It, it would, it would yes, be more of a believe, yes. believable if it came from Durin. Yes, anyone. Anyone. Literally anyone in this show, including Sauron, I mean, Halbron, <laughs> could say this line and make it more believable than this than this character. Yeah, yeah. So anyway. All right. All right. Mm-hmm. So so moving on from Isildur, we get to Elendil, where we learn the tragic news that after he watches the sunrise over the ocean and is amazed by it, apparently, considering he's been at sea for a while, many, many years of his entire <laughs> life. It's, I, anyway, I don't want to belabor that point. But okay. I love the point that his his wife died, because oh, like anytime that? anything happens with the sea, all we can say is the, the sea, sea, is, sea is always, always right. right. Uh-huh. And so, uh-huh. so she died, and it was meant to be. I guess even <laughs> that's what they're saying. Okay, so but now I want to point out something here because this. So we get a map version in this case where Muriel's looking at the map and she's asking, um, Is, uh, not Isildur, she's asking uh, Elendil, um how long it's going to take. And apparently they've just arrived at the coast. So he says, and, and, and you have, guys have to bear with me on this because this is like, this, this is feeding my disgruntled writer theory because they didn't have to tell us how much time it would have taken. So they've mucked with all the timelines. So they didn't have to tell us how much time it would have taken. It's going to take the Numenorians to arrive at random tower, which just happens to be the tower, which a major plot point is happening at, and they have no reason. To and it's there. on the map. Right, right. I love so that. exactly. So this random tower is going to be there, and they're going to go there, and it just so happens to to be the tower that um, less likable Legolas and single mother are are occupying. And so and and so we got that plot line. So they're 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 gonna it's gonna merge, right? So that's fine. Here we are told explicitly that it's going to take a day, a full day, to sail up the river, and another full day to go to the tower. Now remember. We've just seen the rising of the sun, matched by the rising of the sun, um, following the the humans' short-lived victory over the orcs at the tower. So mm-hmm. we're meant to be thinking. You're telling us cinematically this is the same day. So they, and now we are. We know it's going to take a two full days for the Numenorians to arrive in that tower. And the reason I keep belaboring that point is because. They didn't have to put it in, but they explicitly told us it's going mm-hmm. to be two days. And then, literally one day later the Numenorians arrive at the end of this episode. Yeah. So yeah. 
they're they're just destroying well the and not to mention like the the, the, the timeline right that the timeline let's let's if we take a step back and people ask well why are you so worried about the timeline let's not forget they all saw the meteor at the same time yes. we have a single point in time where they all saw unless somehow the meteor was super slow and somebody saw it a month later but for the amount of time that it would take for uh one for 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 the for that tower to be built that we saw the 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 forge right but also to cross the sea i mean this is like this is an overnight journey for them across the sea apparently right yes. we're we're talking fa- at least what do we say at least a thousand miles or something like that or 500 miles right that is not a short amount of time right we're we're talking like days at least at the very least to go that yep. distance That's so right. But my other problem here, Jonathan, is that cinematically, we only know what you show us cinematically. So someone could say, well, you know, these are all, sure, we showed them all at the same time, but then our timelines diverged and we got all kinds of different things happening because clearly there's like six months of building by the dwarves on the forge that, you know, blah, 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 which nothing makes sense in that regard. But yeah. but here, you know, so, so they didn't literally leave at the same time, you know, but when you cinematically show me the rising of the right. dawn, of, of, of for the villagers yes, yes, right. and then you show me the rising of the dawn as the Numenorians arrive in middle earth you are telling me cinematically that they're look there we're now in the same timeline especially because these whole these whole plot uh, lines are merging right now yeah. and so yeah. when you do that you tell me cinematically something regardless of whatever you know tolkien famously spent a ton of time working out all kinds of details with regard to cr- chronology on his storyline he thought right. it very important it turns out it is important for immersion they're almost deliberately destroying that. I I, I just don't understand it. But I'm they just I, I I mean, it's either incredibly stupid or it's uh, on purpose. And I guess don't what is the phrase? Don't ascribe uh, to malice what what can be what can be explained by stupidity. stupidity? Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe they are uh, just following Einstein, and there's more gravity in certain parts of Middle Earth. The time goes and slow. So time is relative. That's right. So maybe That's the right. time just goes slower where they are. Dan, I'm glad you know. you're bringing up these incredibly important. I mean, it's science. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. And we are not anti-science here, especially not in Middle Earth. <sighs> okay. So here we go. This is this is the scene. Okay. So I there's one thing that the scene reminded me of. And mm. uh, it's a What's it that? is a very it's a cinematic scene from, from years past. Uh, an incredible movie where they're clearly taking uh, direction from. Uh, and that movie features uh, Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Chevy Chase. <laughs> the three amigos, three amigos when they are preparing us. the town of Santa Poco for the arrival of El Huapo. And he asks them, what can you do well? And they're like, hmm, hmm. And they're like, we can sew. And I feel like this scene is like these horrible villagers who don't have any skills at all except for putting a head on a pike, uh, coming together and figuring out what can we do, but they don't, they don't even explain what they can do. There's no, there's no lead up. The Three Amigos has more of a plan than these guys ever did other than dropping a cart filled with fire behind I mean, them. Also, also look at this, just, just as a, just a quick point on that. Like who puts this thing together on the left side of the screen here? <laughs> like, like, what is this? Like you <laughs> to, to build on your point, Jonathan, clearly they have, there's, they have so little talent. They can't even make a, a, a barricade. I mean, they, or anything that looks like a barricade. Someone just, I, I don't, this is a yeah, physically yeah. improbable concoction of wood uh, here, but anyway, so, so, well, we, so yeah, they're preparing, but before they prepare, I, for, I did actually skip something I wanted to point out, which is this, this is, this is cool beginning of the scene here's a rondier 
and and he is um, working at the forge. And what is he doing? He is beating on the sword. Okay, okay. So he's taking a hammer and he hits the sword hilt with the hammer a bunch of times, and then the hammer breaks. And his lie and his and his claim is after thirty seconds of trying to break it <laughs> with the hammer. And I would remind you, he seems to be standing at a forge. So he isn't even using fire. And his conclusion is, it can't be broken. <laughs> this isn't, what, what kind of idiot elf? Okay, I understand the point is we're supposed to believe that it can't be broken. This is like unbreakable. This is like a ring of power yeah, thing, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. But the way they try to show us that it can't be broken is one guy hitting it with the hammer a bunch of times. But they were so successful with the chains. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> when they had to escape, that you stack the chains on top of each other and you use a pickaxe <sighs> and that breaks chains. It's amazing. <laughs> his, his, his ability to uh, understand the laws of metallurgy needs to be, uh, uh, he needs to be introduced to the dwarves a little bit more. It's just, you know. He's Even the real up. hobbits knew better. Like Frodo was like, you know. Yeah. Well, let's, let's not forget. He's incapable of, un, of uh, knowing what a hilt feels like when it's wrapped up in a cloth, too. <laughs> That's, true. Later That's true. Later in the episode. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so they prepare the whole, the whole, boy, we're only 20 minutes, 13 minutes. Into, we got to get a move on, guys. Uh, so they prepare the whole town. Oh, and no. the town, uh, she, <laughs> okay. So Dan, this was your favorite so, part. Yeah, I, I, they they put one of my favorite quotes in all of Lord of the Rings into oh, Ronwin's mouth. My heart right hurts. after the episode where she wants to quit and give up, she says it's hopeless. What hope is there against an army like whatever she says in the last episode? And now she's like leading like the French resistance against Nazi Germany. Like she's ready to like <laughs> go down <laughs> fighting and, and and set up all these traps and and. And so she says, like, you know, basically there's she's telling Theo that there's there's truth and high beauty forever beyond the reach of evil. So like basically her character now is like, we'll die even if we have to, because evil can't win. And like it, it can never it can never take down truth and beauty. We have to die. The last scene that I saw her in was like literally like we have to give up. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, except that this is injection. And and here's the you know last episode we were treated to the idea with with the DLSs that the um, the Harfie. Whole... Sure. Yeah. Um, just, that just for those who haven't seen. I know. Videos. Fine. The the fake hobbits that that there's um, that they're the the poem that Gandalf thousands of years later is going to um, tell speak about Aragorn was actually came from uh female frodo in in this episode in that last episode or, or fe- female sam sorry you know, yeah. singing singing um all those who wander are not lost okay so so that's what we're supposed to believe and now we're supposed to believe though i mean that's one thing that's first of all unlikely and it's Trying to tell us, oh no, Gandalf's not that great. He just learned everything great from the hobbits, from the from the from, <laughs> from the fake stories. <laughs> yeah, from from fake Sam. Uh, but the, so that's bad enough. But then in this episode, Theo asks Bronwyn to tell him what she always used to tell him. You know, when he was scared and dark at night. And what she rattles off is almost word for word 
what Sam, like you were saying, Dan, what Sam says when he's in Mordor looking up at the star, like that's totally different. She's rattling off almost word for word. In the end, the shadow is only a small and passing thing, blah, 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 blah. It is a wonderful line. It is beautiful. The idea that thousands of years before this one woman, uh, like, so, so all thing. the good lines from Lord of the Rings really right. came from women in rings of power. That's what we're supposed to be. Yeah, right. And, and it shows like how the writers completely disrespect their audience. They like, uh, I mean, it goes back to how they brought on the super fans who, by the way, I can't remember who did it. Uh, maybe it's oh, yeah. the baby face. He put a video up that showed like how many of these super fans actually ended up doing any videos about the rings of power at all. None of them have those super fans. Who's like, <laughs> so but it goes back to like they don't understand fans. They don't. They didn't believe that people would actually remember that line from the Lord of the Rings. Like I seriously believe that they're just stupid. They have yeah. no clue. But yeah, it is. It's dirty in her mouth. It's unacceptable. It's it. Yeah, it is gross. It's it. It cheapens it so much, and I. I so should we play the it for the, for the audience? Sure. Go ahead. All right. Would you say it to me now? Oh, mommy. In the end, this shadow is but a small and passing thing. There is light and high beauty forever beyond its reach. Find the light. And sometimes you have to touch the darkness to find the light. <laughs> oh, Dan, <laughs> bringing it down a notch yeah. further. Didn't think it was yeah. possible. <laughs> yeah, all right. So yeah. Really, yeah. all of Tolkien's good lines he got from the Rings of Power. Guys, uh, <laughs> well, it did happen many years in the past, right? All right. Okay. So we get through but back line. to people that aren't Tolkien, and here's 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 a great line. She asks him. I I I just had this reaction automatically, especially with the light on his perfect fade. She asks him, this is Bronwyn asking. Who does your hair? Rondier. No, she asks, oh. are you ready? He asks her, are you ready? And she says, no, are you? And then he turns <laughs> slowly and the light shines upon his perfect fade. And I immediately thought in my head, like, dang, girl, don't you see this perfect fade? Of course I'm ready. I've been ready since I left the barber this morning because that's the only way it would look this way. Oh. But then they, you know. They, they have a moment. They, they have a moment. Kissed. And they kiss. The love and... is, is real. The love of trees oh, is real. Oh, yeah. And, and Arondir tells her the, this elven tradition about planting seeds, which is actually a kind of a, a, a nice idea for an mm -hmm. elven tradition before sure. battle. I actually liked that. But I mean, we, we had Adar do the same tradition at the beginning yeah. of this. So, so we, the bad guy ruined it for me first. Yeah, yeah. So here's the whole battle scene, right? And so I think, I mean, we can go, there's a ton of, ton of bad fighting in here. That's um, terrible. Oh, it, but, but we have to say this, Jonathan. Look, yeah. look the orcs having learned their lesson from the tower <laughs> walk slowly up to the village just like they walked slowly up to the tower how did they know they were at the village did they see them down below like you said dan with their lanterns and torches like, <laughs> right okay I and first they, of all okay they just, and they just took a guess and they were right maybe i don't i don't I don't, know. I don't know how much we need to address this so let's just talk about the whole the scene in whole number one if you've escaped the one place that was that, that you were confined at without food why would you go back to your city and try and defend it when you could simply, especially Arondir, when you could take the sword hilt, perhaps go all the way to Linden and take it to Gilgalad and say, look what I found. This is the exactly. evil that we've been looking for. But no, he decides to stick around. Uh, he could have taken Bronn and Thea with him. That's not a problem. I'm sure they'd be fine. They're, 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 they're strong female warriors. They have a whole day, by the way. They know the orcs aren't going to take the Yeah, exactly. They, for yeah. And so day. instead, they're sewing costumes to all look like, no, wait, wrong movie. Instead, they're. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, so it makes no sense. And then number two. So, number one, bad idea staying in the city. Number two, 
uh, if, if you're incapable of fighting, go inside the one enclosed space that will never burn down, number one, will never be assaulted, and you just stay in the tavern because you're going to be safe in there and let us all do the fighting. They could have all perhaps fled further away. That might have been a slightly better, in fact, a whole lot better. So this uh, points out a couple things. One, their plans are like, if this is Arendir making the plans or if it's Bronwyn making the plans, horrible plan to begin with. Number two, when the fighting commences, they don't recognize that all these orcs are actually their former kinsmen. That's incredible because we get to the end of the scene when they, or Arendir sees red blood and is like, oh no, look, we've killed all of our own. Uh, the two unbelievable ways they approach us. I don't know. That, this whole scene, again, like it's nice to actually have a battle that moves things forward, but the execution is so poor and the decision making is so bad and unbelievable that if you were in a situation, you would never do that. That was my take on it. Yeah, they need to fire their choreographer. There, there was the, the the scene. This battle commences with a full twenty second scene of Bronwyn killing an orc and then pushing a, a flaming cart back into the other orcs. Yeah. And literally for twenty seconds, there's all this battle happening and not a single orc, yeah, orc notices. even reacts. They just meet. They're just meandering about. And then you have this, like you you pointed out, they don't notice that the men. Um, there's no there's no clue. This is a callback to the um, to two scenes from Lord of the Rings. Anyway, just like there's like six. Six or seven callbacks in this episode to direct callbacks to Lord of the Rings, Peter Jackson films. And this one was, you know, you got them running through the door and Arondir is trying to shoot the, the guy. You know, this is, this is Helm's Deep Helm's again. Deep, yeah, you exactly. Know, trying, trying to shoot the orc with the, with, the, with the barrel that blows up. In this case, it's the battering ram. Yeah. And he succeeds temporarily, and then they think they've won the battle, and then they notice that they're, they're, the people are actually men. But we forgot. We forgot the new battle between Lurtz and Aragorn, or oversized no, 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 orc that, and that, undersized. No, that happens oh. afterwards. Oh, it does. Yeah, so so it happens here? now. So yeah. now they notice everyone's that there were actual men, and then they're like, "Oh, this is terrible." There were men, and then they start getting hit by arrows. So the orcs clearly kept a force outside the village, oh. and they start peppering them with arrows. And that's when the oh, fighting begins God. in earnest. Yeah, so, and the scene goes on Lurtz. forever. Yes, this Lurtz fight. By the way, let me ask you something. The biggest and strongest orc that we've ever seen. Why doesn't he have a weapon? With a weapon, Arondir would be dead in three seconds. He would have a weapon, like he was up against a rock. Yeah, oh, no, it's so it's bad. Just, yeah, no, because the, the every every battle where somebody has to survive is just a throwing, tossing against the wall, and it's not like he's bashing his head over and over again into the ground. He's just like, I'm going to throw him against this breakable wooden wagon. Um, and here's but the part that Dan, that Dan loved. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, what's interesting to me is that this is taking place during a battle. You got to assume there's other orcs, other people. Like, how, how do they have this much time for like this one-on-one -on -one fight? It goes on forever. Like, there you is. have like the, the eyeball goop dripping down. Just, it just, it just goes <laughs> oh, way too long. It, it, and of course, the uh, the climax of this is he can't save himself. He is saved by. Bronwyn, of course, number three. strong female healer warrior <sighs> person. Nick. So again, she saves him. He hasn't, has he saved himself once at all? I guess you could say the tower is the one place where he did one thing. Yeah, he saved himself a few times, whatever. And then they so run they get hit the by tavern. arrows, they all run to the tavern. I was so hoping that Bronwyn was going to kick the bucket, add a little <laughs> bit of stakes into the show. I knew it wasn't going to happen, but you know, I mean, she any, got hit little, by an arrow. any little glimpse of hope. Because she got hit by an arrow. It would give Arendir a reason to do something. It would give him motivation. It would give Theo some motivation. There would be something there, but they're they're not willing to take the risk that they need to. When you think of the Fellowship of the Ring, Boromir, well, 
beginning of two towers boromir dies right when i read that the suddenness of that 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 happening i i i teared up and almost cried i'm not a crier but reading that book in seventh grade i think it was uh uh, i almost cried when boromir died and i reread that like those couple pages like three or four times just because i'm like this can't be happening this isn't this isn't this is not happening right now is it but it raised the stakes of the whole story when one of your main characters kicks the bucket right there right and dies in a you know as a as a pin cushion for arrows here again they they don't have the guts to do that um and but they do have the guts to use the trope of throwing gunpowder on her on her wound some magic i don't know seed gunpowder i'm not even sure what that was it's like look this burns stronger and then and then of course she does the whole thing she lays there flat and goes (gasps) she survives it's sad and then adar comes in and then he says i'm going to kill everybody give it to me or i'm going to kill everybody and he's like no why does adar even say that why does he just start start mowing him down and say i'm going to i'm going to take it until i find it like i'll eventually get it you don't have to worry about that okay yeah and so so yeah, here's the so there was one thing I liked about that scene. The scene with her and the arrow was so silly. It's yeah. it's the drama, like everyone's like it's so painful for for Arondir and Theo to save her life by pulling an arrow out. And and then there was the moment when they pulled the arrow out, and there's this big gasp from the crowd, like it pans to the crowd, oh. and everyone's like, "Ooh, that hurt!" <laughs> really? I didn't like miss, this is I a spectator that. sport now. And I mean, you're in the <laughs> middle of war, and someone got shot with an arrow, and you're pulling an arrow out. I mean, I know it's painful, but this is not. We're we're clearly all supposed to be in. Um, uh, uh, hearts of flutter because it's Bronwyn yeah. that's that's hurt and maybe she's dead now again i would i would like to point out just because you know i like beating dead horses apparently that that this battle happened after dusk fell so dusk fell it became night and then the orcs walked up and now and the battle's been going on nearly continuously. There wasn't there wasn't a great point where there was all That's this right. time to do anything. It's actually been twenty minutes of screen time, and the sun is rising again. So there's there wasn't even a spot where you could say, "Oh, everything." You know, there was this big lag, and it could have been hours. They were past. in the taverns. Yeah. It was yeah. just it was just now it's here. They were in the tavern for like five minutes, and and so now the sun's rising. But the sun's just rising where there's horses. Back at the ranch, where the horses are about to be in thirty seconds, wait a minute, wait a minute. it's still Hold totally on. dark. Wait, wait, does the sun rise in the east and set in the west? Oh, wait a minute! The sun is rising in the west in this case. <laughs> I, I just realized <laughs> that. Right. Oh, good point. Yes, because they're riding east yeah. across the gap, and the yeah. sun's rising behind them, which means the sun's rising in the west. In the That's west. perfect. <laughs> They can't even get. They can't even get the entire universe. So, so like you said, Adar comes in, and the one point I thought was good was Adar is very happy. Like he just has people casually slaughtered. Yeah, that was good. That's that's right. They're the people we don't care about. And a Rondier, yeah, we don't care. But and a Rondier, but I mean, to be fair, Jonathan, I don't care about anybody in this show. So, (laughs) a Rondier then won't give him the key, even though he's about to kill everyone, including Bronwyn. And that moment was i would i actually went hmm that shows actually the strength of the will of the elves like the to a rondier who has the elvish look ahead to ages not just in the moment he's even willing to sacrifice have everyone including himself die so that they don't get um the device 
that yeah. will and that will that will cause darkness for this part of Middle Earth. All right, that's a good point. That's actually believable, yeah. and so so Theo gives it up instead. So Theo and gives, Theo giving it up is believable too because yep, he's his son and yep, that's the mother. That's fine. That's believable, and that's I had no problem with that. I, I just the, the whole they were gonna anyway. So yeah, and, so, and now it's dawn. Now it's dawn, and first of all, let's go. If we go back to the horses, I, I took some time in okay. uh, my uh, when I when I did my Insta review last night or the other night, um, and I counted the number of horses just in one shot, just to know like how many horses did they have to bring over. I counted at least 165, I think it was. But oh, then really? it panned over and more, and there were more. Yeah. So there were probably about 200 horses that they brought over on three boats because they did not have any outposts in Middle Earth at this point, Numenor. So you can't say okay. they got them from somewhere else. Yeah, so I counted. I literally went through and I was like, horses, Oh, man. And there are over probably close to 200 horses. So we have to believe those three ships carried those at least 200 people and 200 horses, which nope. I find eminently unbelievable. So, yeah, I've been here. They are that for too long. Okay, so, no, that's, I mean, so they have they have a few hundred horses. Totally unrealistically, they're riding at dawn. They've they they have to, they have broken their own thing. It's been one day, and they've done two days worth of yes, travel. Right, right. And one thing that's speed. interesting to me is that they are like on a they're on like a fast pace here. Like they're like charging. Well, they're galloping. They're galloping like the whole way from where they Why? get off the boat. Like, why are, why they, are galloping, they galloping at this point? They don't see the battle. They don't see So anybody. you'll kill your horses. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> There's no point to getting where they you need gallop to go. There's your no horses. urgency. My daughter rides horses. You gallop your horse for longer than a couple of hours or even an, even an hour or two. Yeah. They're, it's, they can't do it. So they're galloping. And why are they galloping? They don't know anything about what's happening. Yeah. There's no reason. They just got off the boat. Yeah. They don't know. They're excited. Okay. But so uh, anyway... Yeah, and so so they come in, and we get our favorite scene from the trailer, which is uh, the chain oh clothesline. Which again, I'm like, it's like Sam with rope, right? Anytime you go into a battle, you carry your chains with you, and you make sure that you can use it to mow down the opponents that are standing. In I just the whole idea that they have this chain. Somebody had a great idea, and they're like, we got to get this in the in the show. This is going to be probably so this, cool. Probably uh, the same person so, that designed the yeah, armor. Again, it's their contempt for the audience that they think their audience is stupid and won't think about these sorts of things. Yeah. Um, and most people don't, but the problem is even though you don't think about it, there's there's a, you know, it's like there's a flea in the back of your head. It's like itching and then you're like something's not right about the show and if you have enough of those, you can't stop the itch and you're going to eventually like realize the show sucks. So, yeah. yeah, the chain is just a small part of that. Um so they come in, they defeat. Hey, look, the, the Oh wait, wait, wait. I want to see I, I want to show the one like apparently orcs necks are made of cotton because this because of this. Watch, watch. She stays. Okay. So she's hanging off the side and her arm is already out extended and she does like a flick of the wrist and it like slices through the orc's clothing and head and pops. I mean, it's all obviously there just to show us, to show us how cool Galadriel is hanging off of a horse. Um, she can't when, do anything normal. Like we haven't seen her fight with any sort of uh, like like as a normal warrior would. Everything has to be over the top and exactly. physically and impossible. Exactly. And what if Lord of the Rings taught us anything? Legolas aside, because they were making a point with Legolas, which which a lot of people had problems with back at the time. But um, but Legolas aside, what Lord of the Rings started and and to bring in another show, Game of Thrones proved is that what's really actually interesting 
with battle scenes is if you make them as realistic as possible. If people fight realistically, if their armor's realistic, if the way that it w- works as far as medieval combat goes is as, and then yeah. people get into it. This is just is is just yeah. sort of this, casual candy. This is like candy corn. This scene for, had for our battles. It had that one shot of, and I love that we paused. I don't know the head of the orc falling down. That's just really fun. Uh, yep. It had the scene Sorry. of where Theo asks Erendir, He's like, "Who's that?" And he's like, "That is Galadriel, mm-hmm. commander of the Northern Armies." And they have this awestruck look. Both of them. Yes. Yes. And that's exactly how the writers think we think of Galadriel. Like, it's true. For some reason, we are supposed to believe that she is amazing because she can lean off the side of her horse. And 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 that's all that, that Theo needs. That's it. And he's like, who is she? Hmm. It's, and they're oh, pausing in the middle of a battle to do Oh, this. yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, good point. <laughs> they're just stopping and staring for like 10 <laughs> seconds while like people are dying and chopping heads yeah, off. And oh, like, like, they just stop. Fun. Like, <laughs> what just happens? Uh, so oh, that, they go was, after, so they go man. after. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. She they, calls him soldier, and then yeah. um, and then she rides off because yeah, and she rides off because she has to go find Adar. He points out Adar, right? And he, she, she follows him, and and like you said, another callback to Peter Jackson's film when she leans down and touches her horse and says, "What is it, Neroleam? Is that right?" Well, she's riding and she says Noroleam, which means Noralim, faster, right. faster in Elvish, right? In Elvish. Same exact thing that, that Arwen, Arwen says, did yeah. to Asphaloth in. Yeah. Fellowship and, and she's it's a role reversal where she's the Nazgul and and um and Adar is is the hot as Arwen and, and Frodo because she's pursuing them through a forest yeah and and the the fast cuts of like the horses whipping by branches and such and such but yeah so it's the it's a direct callback one of the six six seven or eight callbacks that I was mentioning directly just yeah. copying Lord of the Rings um funnily enough in, as I mentioned, in that scene, she is the Nazgul. And it turns out it's not just me that thinks that. It's... Adar, Adar thinks that she's kind of a Nazgul, too. Yeah, yeah. We'll <laughs> but, back later. I mean, he doesn't, and, he doesn't say a Nazgul. What, no, I know. I know. And, and Halbrand, oh, Halbrand chases after her as well. And, I, and Dan pointed this out to me that Galadriel is chasing, is chasing <laughs> Adar, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and yep. Halbrand is chasing Galadriel, and then somehow Halbrand comes from the other side, and they uh, uh, somehow he 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 made the motion and took him from the side. I, where why he was behind them the whole time, and some, suddenly he's in front of them. At least he went for the, the the horse's legs, which is the right thing to do in a battle like this. Really <laughs> so no one else does. But. And they took the time to show us. Yeah, don't like, worry, no horses were hurt. Oh, I know. I gets up and walk. It's like, it's, oh my gosh, you people are so transparent. It's yeah, it's so, so dumb. Yeah. The horse is okay. Don't worry. But but that's not the fa- my favorite part about this scene. My favorite part about this scene is from the moment that he trips her. I did the count for the moment he trips the horse rather, and the horse goes <laughs> down, and Adar goes down. Galadriel is immediately behind him. Watch. I'm gonna pause right right. Okay, so here he is. He trips Adar's horse. Okay, so there's Galadriel, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just passing by Adar's fallen horse. There's okay. Adar going off the horse. Yes. Okay. 53 seconds go by, almost a full minute. Galadriel winks out of existence because we have a long and drawn out 
discussion between Adar, Adar crawling across the ground and, and, and Halbro uh, coming up on him and stabbing him in the flesh and having a conversation with him and then about to kill him. And then when he's about to kill him, all of a sudden Galadriel pulls up. So apparently she winks out of existence for 53 seconds. That is a long time, by the yeah. way, in, in an action <laughs> I, scene. I, I, yeah, I noticed the and same thing. And then all of a sudden she winks back into existence. No, don't. And she uses the same line. We need uh, him. Yeah, we need him. Uh, and later on, she uses the line about salt water. Yeah. Anyway, so they get him. <laughs> that, so that there was, she goes. That, that was the line of this movie. It's like you okay. can't satisfy your thirst by drinking salt water or something. Was, as, I, and I was like, is that a line I've I've missed somewhere yeah. that that yes. blood because blood is salty and salt water is salty that we're supposed to immediately make that sort of a recognition between the analogy yeah. and with. I didn't. I just, I just like how like that works. Like I'm about to like I'm about to murder this guy, but you're like, you know what? You make a good point about salt water. Okay, maybe I won't. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> All right. So, so there we go. And then, so he doesn't kill. There was this was the funniest line. This is the funniest line. Um, in in this in this one. Okay, we got to listen to this. Here we go. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't know. That's fine. Go ahead. Okay, it's just between the two um, soldiers, Isildur. So what do you think? So what do you think? Okay, he says. So what do you think? So what do you think? Like, so they've ridden. They've they've um, they've sailed across the sea. They've reached Middle Earth. It's like we're here finally, and we've run to the rescue. And we've had our battle, and here we are with this village and the Middle Earthers that we're here to save. And what do you think? And his answer. I like the mountains. <laughs> I was like, "Yep, yep, I, I am that guy on the right, right there." Oh, I like the mountains. I like the mountains exactly. Yeah. I, you know, and this shot is also great for is examining their armor. They're really uh, awkward uh, armor. Yes. The top half, you know, they, they the the move armor. Yeah. What? What? How did that? It's like it's like it's. It, they took Aquaman's armor, they turned it white, they made it look worse, and they added man boobs on it. I, yep. And don't forget, everyone underneath all the moobs are um, is silkscreen printed fish scale on cotton t-shirts. Between the um, <sighs> like, and we see it really clearly with uh, Muriel when she yeah, comes up. They, yeah, they give us such... like. This it is, looks this, so bad. It's so like it doesn't look like armor. It looks it look they look like like minor minorly bad superheroes to me. Right, right. I mean, they look it looks like a B movie superhero B it movie. It does B movie. Um, and 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 then we're gonna I'm gonna pause it again with Muriel because it's so obvious that it's just a fish scale print on a T-shirt that she's wearing underneath her armor. And, do you mean do you mean by Muriel the the powerful moment mm, when we have uh, when we have her the leader. Yes. Of yes. the great civilization. Uh, oh well, after this, and then the leader of the great civilization of Tyr Harad coming together. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, when she she gives great and and the hilarious part there is, is there it is here it is here it is. Um, okay, it's, look at this armor. Look at this. Their life because of you. Okay. Oh, you can see it bending. It's it's <laughs> as as you play through this scene, you can see. That it's a cotton T-shirt with a fish scale print on it. It is obvious they don't even try to hide it. Oh gosh, it's so you know it, it's because the armors for this film are like you know you know what they did for the original Lord of the Rings films with Peter Jackson is they, they actually, actually created chain mail. 
They had some guy go in there and actually tie the chain mill and create link by link each piece of chain mill. And they were like, let's not do that, guys. It's not going to happen. I know your budget is three times what that was for all three of those films. Uh, can, can I have this thing called silk screening? Can we do that instead? <laughs> like, yeah. I hear it looks pretty good. It's, well, it's, it's been what? It's, it's been three quarter of a billion on this series. I mean, and with yeah. inflation, you know, <laughs> armors are going up. You never know. That's right. Yeah. By silk, they actually meant real silk too. So they had to get these massive <laughs> silk right. screens. Uh, I don't know. It's And, and the scene of, of her, um, uh, the two of them talking together, it's it's like that scene in Avengers where they get all the female superheroes together and they felt like they just had to show it. It's a completely unnecessary scene. It doesn't do anything. Like uh, the whole point of this, I guess, is to get Halbrand in there, but they could have done that just by saying, hey, look, are you going to be the king? I'm going to be the king. Yeah. They're flailing around trying to, what is it? What is it called? The is it the Bechdel test? Does that sound right? Where you have to yeah. get enough, uh, you know, ha- have enough female representation uh, in the time in a movie and them interacting with each other rather than interacting with men. And so this here helps them meet that scale of, of what they have to have in a, in a, <clears throat> in a show is like, got to get the females working together. So she's like, yeah. Hey, thanks for, for, <laughs> thanks for saving your people, even though you didn't want to last episode. Yeah. Um, well, let's go back to, uh, yeah, but, but let's go back to the most interesting discussion in this, in this episode. Uh, this is where Galadriel threatens to uh, uh, torture and murder all the orcs, which, I mean, I'm totally fine with just the way that she goes about doing it is kind of unbelievable. Um, yeah, but- so it, start, it starts with, um, yeah, him not responding to her, and then he she threatens the orcs, and then he starts telling her everything, or at least a version of You mean of everything. Every, every, everything that, that Tolkien wrote about Sauron in the Sesame? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because Sauron, uh, Sauron was bringing life back to Middle-earth after Morgoth died. That's exactly what he did. Well, and I didn't have so much of a problem with that, Jonathan, because he's clearly telling it from the it's it's the whole idea of like again. This is, we have to remember this is a Dungeons and Dragons episode. Everything here is Dungeons and Dragons. Uh-huh. It's not real real Tolkien. So, so what he's saying is like we're we're lawful evil. Sauron's lawful evil. He brings order to the world, um, and that's that's the most he unites everything with this single this one single order. And sure, it might be you know built on the back of of murder and depredation, but it's it's order, and so. Um, so he, 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 that's what I took out of it, where he's just giving it from their perspective is like Sauron's doing this uniting thing. Um, and then he, but then totally apropos of nothing, he goes on to talk about how Sauron's trying to figure out something about devoted um, bringing its lands together with perfect order. He sought to craft the power of the unseen world is <laughs> I don't they, they come know up what with that some, means. Uh, no, I know. And this whole this whole line of him, and then he talks about how Sauron went north again with some orcs, and so many died along the way. And he was yeah. trying to create a power not of the flesh, but over flesh, which, which I think now thinking about it means that he was trying to craft a power where he could create a flesh for himself, a new look, or something like that. Right? That's that's probably what he's getting. Oh from. yeah. It, okay. Um, all right. All right. But what is this power? And then I think there's like this shot of what looks like a Balrog head, right? Because you can kind of see the, like a, in a statue, um, oh. in Angband, uh, or Thangrun, wherever that is, whatever, the, the northern fortress. I don't, yeah, somewhere in here. There's right there. That's it. It looks, it has the curled horns along the left and the right. If you move your mouse. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. it looks like they talk about a secret power, the power that he's trying to get to. I, I have no idea what power he's talking about. It's completely made up. This whole thing that is completely made up. I mean, it takes away Sauron's capabilities because we learn that 
Adar slew Sauron and his spirit escaped. That's how he died. It didn't didn't happen that he was defeated uh, uh, by the elves ever. Apparently, he just he he was he was stabbed in the back. Right, and so since we know that Halbro is Sauron, there's this funny moment where Halbro, when Halbro first unhorses Adar, right. he says, "He says, do you know me?" And he does. He says he doesn't. And so what, the way I read that was Halbro is Sauron, so he reformed his body after being murdered by Adar, yeah. um, and 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 he's kind of surprised that Adar doesn't recognize him, or he's he's probably pleased by it because it means that he's his form is new. New enough that nobody can recognize him, but um, but yeah. So, I mean, here we're supposed to think that maybe Adar's not telling the truth because Galadriel immediately says she doesn't believe him about him killing Sauron. Um, but uh, you know, Adar's Adar's the good one here um, because Galadriel makes a villain speech, gives us a, a villain speech. At the she end of does. this, it's, it's really, really kind of cool. She's like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna commit genocide against your whole people. Like, I'm just exactly. gonna wipe all of you out and torture you horribly. Like, it's like, it's like, really crazy." Your kind was a mistake, made in mockery. And even if it takes me all of this age, I vow to eradicate every last one of you. Yeah. Okay, so she's going to eradicate every last one of you, uh, to which he says, it would seem I'm not the only elf who's been transformed by darkness, to which I said, yup. Yep. I guess Gilgalad was right. Galadriel is the mm-hmm. evil. Mm-hmm. Maybe Galadriel <laughs> is Sauron. <laughs> that, that would be taking a step forward for the show. Really, if you're going to, you're, you're, they're really leaning into the changes that they could make mm-hmm. in Middle Earth. What, what I thought is like they revealed who Adar is great. Um, they've told us essentially what happened to Sauron, which is completely different than what happens in Lord of the Rings. So this is what happens though when you compress the timelines, right? When you have to come up with new and interesting ways to make things, well, sorry, new ways, because they're, they're not, new ways, they're just telling us again everything that happened. They can't show us because they're compressing everything together. So they can never right. show us what even happened to Adar. They don't even show us in a flashback what happened to him. They simply have him tell us and then have some, some, half-assed shots of where they were before to show us like, oh, look, yeah, that's where they were. That's what he's talking about. And that's it. Um, it's, it's, it's an empty kind of way of telling us who this guy is and his relationship with Sauron. Like they could have done a lot more in the relationship when they actually had them talking to each other. Uh, but they're so bent on not letting us, not revealing that Halbrand is Sauron that uh, I think at this point, if you don't believe Halbrand is Sauron, then, then you're, you're completely missing the story. Like it's really easy to tell that's exactly where they're going at this point. Yeah, yeah, and especially he becomes like the head ring wraith or something. You think he has to go sorrow? No, no, it's making too much of like when he asks um, Adar if Adar remembers him. Yeah, um, and and then it's making too, and then Adar at the end of this scene that we're watching right now, Adar says, "Who are you?" As he's walking away, it's a, it's yeah. too on the nose. Yeah, and we know, and we know, of course, Wait. that so, uh, sorry, but we know he's the king of the Southlands. <laughs> that's that's who he is. The king that that they've. They've been building up for this these people who have been longing for the king that has been gone for many years. Right. We find them. Yeah. So uh, the whole the whole thing with the king, I don't know. It's so forgettable, and uh, there's there's been no lead up to it. I don't know where to go. They have this 
this sexual they, tension discussion here. Yeah, they have this scene where they're, you know, they're they're never been more alive than when they're with each other, and she feels it too. So they're, you know, love interest, which, which I mean, in a certain sense, is kind of hilarious given given how evil Galadriel is. So this is since this is evil Galadriel, the fact that she she might there might be some sexual tension, romantic feelings between <laughs> her and Sauron is actually kind of. Well, yeah. i guess yeah yeah evil evil the most powerful elf in middle earth at the time of the of the lord of the rings is galadriel yeah and so the fact that if you have an evil version of galadriel she might you know you know have a relationship with sauron yeah could be i am um i i feel like this is like the jedi that's right. in <laughs> attack of the clones was it revenge of the sith I can't, they, they blend together now, where the, you know, the Sith were under their nose the whole time. They didn't recognize it because of their pride. Well, I guess that's the exact story they're telling here. You know, Sharon's been under her nose the entire time. And because of her pride, because yep. she's, she was hunting in the wrong places and that she just couldn't see, you know, what was right in front of her nose. That's the story we're going to take. We're right. going to take it from there. I, Why I, not? I, and, and, and of course, adding in the, the romantic tension they're going to make it like I turned him back into Sauron. He was so close to becoming good again. And something she's yep. going to do is going to turn him back into Sauron by episode eight or whatever. <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah. Uh, I, so remind me, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't at this point in Tolkien's timeline, not the show's timeline, but in Tolkien's timeline, isn't she married already? Yes. So that's, that's like the first day she's married to Celeborn. Yep, and and by this point, they, they probably have Calabrian, I think, as well. Their their one daughter. All right, so Evil. let's move on from from Galadriel, our least favorite character of all, uh, okay. and move into and past this girl power moment because it's unnecessary. Uh, but here we go. All right, the final scene where we get we uh, we where in order to to make sure that Theo gets over his emotional distress of wanting the sword, he gives him the sword. Okay, now I want everyone to look at this. Uh huh. Yeah. But first of all, like before Logic. we get into like what the sword looks like, it's like I know you've been dealing with the struggle. This, this would be like Gandalf giving the palantir back to back to the hobbits and That's saying, right. like, yep. you know what? I know you've been dealing with this issue. Here, let me give it back to you so you can overcome." It's uh, like, you're, yeah, you're, 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 the way so, that you overcome this fact that you feel so powerful and tempted is I'm just going to give it to you and you just deal yeah. with it. Right. Okay? Yeah. 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 Right. And, and it's and, like, and, hey, and, son, and I you... know you're struggling with internet pornography. Here is a, uh, here's a laptop computer. Right. And, and a subscription to Pornhub. Yeah, that's right. We're going to do it. And, and, and you and, have to turn it off. You yeah. have to. Yeah. <sighs> he's, okay. he's not the most clear thinking elf because also we noticed, and you were just going to say this, Michael, when we look at this wrapped up. Mm-hmm wrapping right right what does look, it look, look like at, to you look look at the length of it and it i mean it clearly is not a sword hilt we, we know the size of the sword hilt it is a good 50 percent larger than the sword hilt was it 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 and arondir who's you know got these super super senses and he's just better than everyone else because he's less likable legolas the the there's yeah he's been holding this and he hasn't figured out it isn't a sword hilt in fact we have to see what it actually looks like. He unwraps it. Like you can clearly see the axe head on it. Like, okay, it sticks out about. How six on earth does this wrapped up axe feel to in, in any way, shape, or form like a sword hilt? Um, yeah, I'm. I think maybe what they could have done is gotten a sword hilt from another sword <laughs> and right, wrapped it right. up. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that could have could have been something. 
that they could have <laughs> there weren't any any soldiers nearby that i'm sure the guy yeah. who somehow so right after this right we get to the tavern man the owner of the tavern uh -huh. i believe how did this dude who is incapable of doing anything right so far he chose the wrong side he killed his friend yeah now yep. he's gone from that to adar's employee of the year <laughs> he's, like, he's, he's working overtime and he's he's pickpocketing on scenes we don't even yeah. have and yeah. And, and right. apparently it is a key. I was I was wrong. It's a key. We he it's didn't know to what. It's literally a key. key right there. I mean, stick it in there. Okay, 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 okay. So yeah, bear with me for a second. Again, Who, let me let me ask something. Who is supposed to have built this tower? The elves. See, that's what I thought originally. If the elves built this tower with this key here, they built the key. Like it's part of the structure of the tower. Because water is supposed to put out fire. I, okay. I just, I'm trying wait, to wait, 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 wait. <laughs> So you're telling me that the plot line is that the elves built a key that a Nazgul blade opens a, a sleuth and 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 uh -huh. and then destroys their whole structure. So so let, let's let's think it, about this. Uh, so so we learn a couple things. Everything here. One, about this scene the, is bad. The channels that they were digging. Um, Yep. We're not to find the key. Apparently, they were to channel the water into a big funnel tunnel to to Ordruin. Right. Uh, so there's that. Okay, so they they did that. Perhaps they dug those channels so that the elves the elves put the reservoir there so that if the the evil men were continuing to be evil, they could just drown out their entire lands. Maybe that was the point. Or they wanted to their plumbing to go bad and they had a big back <laughs> like some sort of bad sewage issue in the town of Tirharad. Um, but it leads to, right? So anyway, all the unbelievable stuff there leads to the next unbelievable thing, which is water, a, a, like a causes. small lake causes a mountainous eruption that... Mm. Uh, that is only the, it is. the strength, right? You have to believe. So we have to believe like an eruption like this goes, what, 30,000 feet into the air, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So water, steam is causing somehow this eruption that causes the entire mountain to explode. It's sort of like, I don't know, it's like baking soda and vinegar, right? This is the, the, the baking soda is, is the, what's being poured into and they've got the vinegar of that. And so they've got Insta Mordor now. They've got, they, they couldn't spend it over a thousand years like you would in the books. They have to make it instant. And this... This is what they came up with. Okay, so there. What your theory is, Jonathan, is that the people that designed the key. Well, it, it sounds like these people were evil because. <laughs> I don't, this is the problem. We we think too hard about this stuff. It doesn't make any sense because the very next scene, right? So so the, it it the the mountain explodes. Uh huh. Uh, that's like literally the mountain explodes. It's not like it's just s simmering out the top. The, it's it's the entire mountain is sloughing off the side, right? Uh, the pyroclastic flow of the mountain is hot. Like the way I put it is you got to think of what happened to Pompeii. Yep. In Pompeii, people, the, the ash was so hot uh, that they were incinerated, right? Kind of like a nuclear bomb. And for those that weren't right in front, right? They got, they got, they, they were essentially encrusted in it, but their bodies inside got completely incinerated after that. Right. So that's where we right. get those casts of bodies in, in, New, in uh, Pompeii. However, Galadriel, stands right in front of this massive hot ash and fire by the way cloud by the way they're all dead like in any oh, kind of reality that they you're have to build right. everyone's dead even if you're gonna say galadriel's the an elf I mean, so she can somehow look, it's, like it is fire coming at her they don't even they're not shy about it it is fire coming at her 
And yes. yet somehow, if you play it right here, go ahead okay. and go ahead. They're all dead. Everyone's dead. This is death everywhere. Okay, anything that touches, dead. So that's, she's dead. That's like that's like the the. It's like the end of the Deep Impact, the movie where they're standing, the giant wave coming forward, and everybody's dying. Right? You you have to be dead. You have to be dead. There's no there's no other way around it. So anyway, wow. I didn't know that's how Galadriel died. <laughs> Well, yeah, she, of course, she, she never made it back because we've seen the trailer, her covered in ash from the promo shots. Wow. So this is clearly going to be the, what a, the next. What a powerful show! <laughs> so it's, it's over, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh please, man! Please get um, over. It's uh, like what's funny is that after all this, it's still the best episode because it's at least the most cohesive. Right. But it's it's cohesive, kind of like like. I don't know, popsicle sticks and, and tape. It, you, you can pull it apart at the, the slightest motion, at the slightest wind, at the slightest pull. It, uh, it, it drives, every little bit doesn't make sense. At every point, at every plot point during, from the very beginning when they go to the tower to the very end when Galadriel is being consumed by ashes and fire and smoke and char, it, it it mentally doesn't make sense. Logically, you just can't reconcile it in your brain that this would actually happen. So, mm. I don't know. Is it worse yep. than the last episode? And they're all they're all just bad. I don't know. I can't. Did do they that. even before this episode? Did they even set up that there's a dam there and there's a body yeah. of water? Okay, because in my mind, like, what what do you even need the key for? Why don't you just go and attack the dam and try to destroy it? Like, don't they just they just need the water out of there, right? Yeah. So, like, why does it need like a magic key to unlock it? It doesn't. Yeah. So I, I no no key needed, and yeah. physics doesn't work that way with water. And whoever designed it, like, so how the water get to the top of the volcano? Or are we supposed to believe it just pours into the bottom of the volcano and then, then the top, it, then the whole mountain explodes? <laughs> it's it's getting more and more ridiculous every step of the way, mm. because they they have no choice. They have to compress the two thousand years into a short amount of time. And this is and the not way only they're going to make being dead. I mean, Galadriel's not going to die, of course, but no, no, no. all of no. the horses and Numenorians and villagers are dead. Like yeah, nobody no. had any time to run away. That was actually yeah. like 30 seconds, 60 seconds. Nobody has time to escape. Everything is dead. Everything mm -hmm. is laid waste. Adar is dead. Um, Halbro is yeah, dead. Everybody should be dead. Yep. They're I still dead. can't get over how the orcs built all of these tunnels and trenches to drink, bring the water all the way back to the mountain without anybody knowing what was up. Yeah, because we, we're shown in this episode that those trenches would have had to have gone from right near the tower where the elves all were straight to the volcano. So they And they had noticed. to have this plan. They had to have this plan for a thousand years. Yeah. Be, yeah. Since that, like, it's uh, unless... Like, they... So, I mean, one of the plot points I bet you, Jonathan, is going to be like, Sauron has this as his fallback plan. Like, here's oh. something he put in place to retreat to in the event that everything went south, literally. Ha. So, sorry. Sorry, not sorry. So, this is... I mean, that's going to be something like the excuse. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, there's so many problems with that. And, and Sauron knows what's about to happen. Like, Halbro knows, so... He just destroyed his second body, third body. I, I don't. Mm. 
I, yeah. Like, of course, he's not going to. We know that he's going to live, but there's no reason that he should live. Yeah. There's no yeah. reason that anything. Yeah. Everybody's going to survive in this. the last 60, 90 seconds happen. All the main characters are going to be alive yeah. still. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody's I'm, just, I'm, I'm just thinking right now that this whole show started because Galadriel had the sign on, on her brother's shoulder that mm-hmm. this is Sauron's plan. Everyone fall back to here. But now we find out that Adar, who is unrelated to Sauron, is doing this whole other thing. <laughs> It, it doesn't. No part of this makes sense. You're right. You're right. You're right. Not, yeah, Adar supposedly killed Sauron. Right. Yeah. But at right. least Sauron went away somehow, and then Adar has come south to give the orcs a home by using a fallback plan of Sauron's, maybe. Um, yeah, and Sauron knows this bad. now that Sauron showed up um, as Halbro. Well, he knew that he would find Galadriel on the ocean, so it's not that hard to imagine that he would be able to figure out. Where I can't. I can't with this show anymore. <laughs> oh man, I am so sad. I really love looking. I'm really looking forward to, and this was the best episode. I'm really yeah. looking forward to um, our podcast about the Silmarillion. <laughs> <laughs> I know we. That's got what, that's that. what this show has done for like, me. Maybe appreciate. Read it's washing it. your mouth out with soap in the in in all positivity, right? It's like you're right. getting rid of all the grime that's been building up by uh, taking the shades off your eyes and actually going back to what was written. Yeah, the book, other way, so, book there. Yeah. That's the one. That's when we do in our other podcast, people. Yeah. If if you're tired of the suck, come listen to us talk about something real. Yes, go to windowonthewest.com. So, what did you guys think? Did you think it was the best episode? The least the, worst episode so it was far. The least worst. Yep, that's right. Uh, that's right. I, I think so, but that's just. I mean, like I said, I think that's just due to the fact that it followed one storyline, and we didn't have to worry about the Harfeet at all. And we yeah. didn't yeah, there were worry no about there, Gilgalad or Elrond or Kilgrimbor yeah. and the horrible characters they. There's definitely two tiers of episodes with the dirty little sociopaths and those without, and of mm-hmm. those without, this is the better episode. That's, that's right. right. That's yeah. right. Yes. I did notice that Amazon.com, they let the star rating go down a little bit on the show. Oh. It's now three stars. Oh. With 18,000 reviews. And, so, and, uh, did you get, but, did you guys submit a review? I've submitted two. And so far, I've only heard back on the first one that, you know, they've rejected it. It goes against their community standards. So yep. I submitted a second one and it hasn't gone up yet. So, totally yeah. I- twice as well got rejected both times and i was very careful i did not include anything about any anything political i did not i did not criticize anything having to do with any of the wokeness the diversity yeah stuff. me too me too my mind was very yeah as with the writing of the show like that the, the yeah. poor quality of the writing yeah, and costumes and things like that i and my tact was more like Right. Yours is up, Jonathan. Mine is up. Yeah. Mine was, uh, I essentially said, well, uh, I don't know who these writers are, but they're clearly not Tolkien because nothing they've written is, has come from Tolkien's work. I've heard that if you write one star. Okay. So that's great because I've heard that if you write, um, a review, which, which tells people what you really think, if you don't like the show, but if you give it two or three stars, that it has a more of a chance of getting through. Yeah. No, I definitely gave it one star. There was no way I was going to sacrifice my honor and give it yeah. more than one. If I yeah. I'm not submitting any more reviews. They've rejected two of yeah. mine. And so, yeah, right. that's it. Well, hopefully you guys don't give us one star on this review. Oh, how about that transition? <laughs> Good. You can put your comments below. You can subscribe. This is the subscribe button because no one knows how to use that subscribe button. So everybody has to remind everybody every time there's a video, hit the subscribe button, hit the bell. Share, like, uh, and go to theonering.com slash patron if you want to offer a little bit more support. We're getting Michael a, a new microphone. 
which I desperately so, need. Uh, which desperately. Well, now that you're settled, we're we're moving in. So we're we're in, we're improving our systems. You can see we're now using a much better streaming system here now, where you can see our names. And so the uh, the effect of that echo is gone. Uh, we're on the way up. But we thank you for following along with us. We thank you for watching, and we will see you next time as we head into episode seven. Yeah, seven. Second, to, or as I call it, the second to last episode. The so penultimate awesome. episode. Mm -hmm. Woohoo! We're going to make it through only two more weeks. So I hope you liked it. We hope you subscribe and we will see you on episode seven. All right. Bye all. See you.